This is Maurice Philogene, and welcome to the Try Life Farm podcast. Well, you may not believe it, but I've been an actor. I've tried out for the NFL, been a street cop, federal agent. I worked my way up the military chain of command to the rank of lieutenant colonel. I was also an executive at a global consulting firm, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of real estate in the United States. I've started developing on a Mediterranean island, and to boot, I've traveled to 100 countries over 300 times, and generally all this stuff at the same time. No, I'm not trying to be everywhere. I'm not trying to do everything. What I was trying to do, and I'm still trying to do, is to try life on, to plug into planet and earth as intended, and to fill my life book with experiences and relationships, and not just accept the status quo. So what we're gonna do on this podcast is introduce you to the mindset, the skill set, the soul set, the approach that is Try Life On, and expose you to the people who've been doing it just like me, their tools, their tips, their tactics to trying life on, because we all can try life on in our own way. So sit back, relax, let's go for a ride. Let's go try life on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Try Life On podcast. I do this from time to time where I'm having such an awesome conversation with one of my coaching students that I really think that the information that we talk about will be super beneficial to you guys um, as listeners of this podcast. And this particular conversation was awesome because when you're a mentor or a coach, the thing that really makes you happy is when you sense that someone that you are working with has reached their epiphany. Let's say that again. Someone that you're working with has reached their epiphany. And this particular awesome woman has reached her epiphany in that she recognizes how she's going to live her design life and she's totally excited about it. So check this out. Towards the end of the conversation, pay attention to when she talks about yes, or when when I talk with her and I was reflecting back what she was telling to me, but she's talking about, I'm gonna have five properties, I am going to learn how to travel hack, And then later in life, I am going to have a lifestyle business, whether it's a franchise or something that she starts. Imagine having five rental properties, knowing how to travel hack to bring your family around the world to experience life and planet as intended. And then having this lifestyle business that generates 100 grand or 200 grand, not trying to be a millionaire, but trying to generate the revenue that you need to live the design life that you and your husband or your wife have desired for so long. And she's bringing it all together in this particular conversation. It snapped. She got it. I got it. I could feel her saying it. And I wanted to get it to you so you could feel it as well. So in the conversation, she asked me at the beginning, can we just talk through travel hacking? I am not the best travel hacker. I have my own system for doing it. So I kind of talk through that, like what what works for me living out of the D.C. area and what I um, espouse for the other coaching students that I have. But then also we get into the nature of lifestyle businesses and why they are so powerful. People don't realize if you start a business that makes 100 grand or 200 grand a year, that's enough so you can go live life as intended. And my my student is talking about the episode that I had with Kim Daly. Find that episode. She's a franchise consultant. And sometimes those lifestyle businesses could be franchises, right? And then we also talk about the fact that we... Uh, My student and I, I'm helping my student on a schedule to buy investment property. She's buying one investment property every five or six months. So five years from now, she'll have eight to 10 investment properties, then a lifestyle business, then the ability to travel hack so she can live her design life. This conversation is on point. This is where I'm trying to get people to be 
So you know that you do not have to live status quo. So you know that you can go out there and create your own reality. So you can make your own version of extraordinary ordinary. So I had to get permission to use this conversation as part of one of the sessions of the coaching students that I work with. I hope it's truly beneficial to you. This is the all around designed life for this one particular person. Investment property for revenue, travel hacking to be, to be able to experience the world with her three kids, three or four kids, I can't recall, and a lifestyle business later to power life even more doing something that you're truly, your heart is into, plus generating a little bit more revenue. That is a designed life, ladies and gentlemen, and my girl right here got it. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Try Life on Podcast. I had to get permission, so please listen to it. And if you like it, please give it a five-star rating. Please drop some comments. And if you have questions, Maurice at trylifeon.com. I'm happy to answer. This is a good one, and I really want to thank my student for letting me use it. All right. Enjoy the episode. Let's talk travel hacking. I use travel hacking to explore life. Mm-hmm. That's how I explain it to people. Um, you'll hear you'll hear people talk about the concept of travel hacking on podcasts as maximizing points, getting this new card offer because they offer 100,000 points as a bonus and things of that nature. And that's true. It does happen. And I think that's fine. But the way that I look at travel hacking is not necessarily like points and dollars and things of that nature. I look at it as how do I make the world smaller? That's it. And how do I travel in the most amount of comfort for the least amount of money? So some people will optimize cards and things of that nature. And I think I, didn't I give you the Try Life On episode with Owen? Yes, yes. I I listened to it last week as well. Yes, I listened to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so some people, and I was talking to Owen about it. Owen was like, well, I had all these cards and things. And I was like, yeah, I I just don't do that. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work, right? It sounds like like a lot of work, definitely. It is a lot of work, and that's not. I don't want that kind of work. In fact, I'm trying to make even even as I continue to grow older, I want my life more simplistic. I am decluttering, minimal minimalizing, getting rid of stuff, shutting down businesses. I'm getting more and more simple. Travel hacking is that way as well. So, from a travel hacking perspective, I here's what I do, okay, and I'll walk you through it. Um, and it works for me and you have to figure out what works for you. Okay. I have two cards. Uh-huh. This weird. Let's see if it works. Okay. I have two cards. If you can see okay. them. Uh-huh. one is a business credit card. One is a personal credit card. Okay. My entire life funnels through those two cards. Okay. My entire life. Um, they are both tied to United airlines and I could tie I could get cards that are tied to just basic points that can be applied to anything like a hotel here and there. Um, but here's what I chose for myself. Um, and what I would recommend for you being in in Texas in Dallas. Houston, Dallas. Houston. Houston. Yeah. This is too big for me to remember. Um, Houston is a United Airlines hub. It is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Same as Washington, D.C. So I can help you even more because Washington, D.C. is a United Airlines hub. What I tell people is it's very good to be loyal to the airline that has a hub in your city. Or be loyal to the airline that goes to the place you want to go the most, either or. In my case, 
because I travel to Europe and the Mideast so much, United is perfect for me because I'm based in DC. United is part, part of the Star Alliance family, right? The Star Alliance family includes airlines like Turkish Airlines for Turkey, Aegean Airlines, which services Cyprus and Greece and things of things of those nature, things of that nature. Um, Lufthansa, which goes to Germany. Like it has so many Aer Lingus, which is um from Ireland. It has so many partner airlines, but to places that I care about. Make sense? Yes. Yes. I, I used to in my 20s go to South America a lot, like Brazil, or South and Central America, like Brazil, Colombia, Belize. I don't anymore. My interests have evolved to Europe and the Mideast. So the Star Alliance family makes sense, which is why I use those two credit cards. Because when I shop on a personal level, it all funnels to United. When I shop on a business level, it all funnels to United. I can generate one or two free airline tickets a month, sometimes business, because that's how I run my life through those two things. And it gets me to where I got to be. So I'm back in DC now. I literally just got back from the Mideast two days ago. <laughs> And I'm flying back on Friday. And the ticket that I'm using to go back on Friday is from Dulles in Washington, D.C. to Athens. And I use 44,000 points to get an economy ticket in this case, but it sits at the bulkhead. And I know that you can yeah. stretch your feet at the bulkhead. Um, yeah. and I'll get to Athens and then I'll buy a $150 regional ticket from Athens to Beirut or Cyprus or something like that. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. So you basically, you're not paying for things with like your debit card. Uh, you funnel everything through either your business card or that one credit card and you're just gaining points for every dollar spent. Okay. So you're not, you're not constantly out there looking for like, what's a new card that's going to give me points. Let me shut down this card, open that card. You're, you don't do all you do is just every dollar you spend, it's going to be spent on these two cards, um, you know, things that can't be right. Like mortgage, you can't pay the mortgage with a credit card. So like, unfortunately that doesn't, but everything else you're funneling through those cards. Every Mari, everything, everything. Now, let me, let me be honest and say that I'm not the best travel hacker, but I created a system that works for me. Right. That you, you can optimize, like there's a gentleman, um, if you go to try life on podcast, I think it's episode 23, 24, something like that. It's Chris Hutchins. Chris is the epitome of a travel hack optimizer. My God, he has a million points here and there. He knows how to flip cards and things of that nature. I just don't want all that complexity in my life. So I just go with this basic thing that I do. Okay. Yeah. Now, that was just one aspect of it. I'm going to give you other aspects of it. Okay. That was just the... I funnel my business life and my personal life through two cars that are united and I am able to get on planes and what have you. The business card is United Mileage Plus Club card. So it gives me access to United Clubs because I told you I'm loyal to United Airlines. Yeah. I also buy a certain amount of tickets on United every year on purpose because I have 1K status with United and I want to maintain that 1K status. The reason I want to maintain it is because if I'm sitting in economy on a paid ticket and there is a business seat open, they'll throw me up there pretty quickly, right? 
if you lose your status on December 31st of any given year, you have to re-earn it back the next year. So you won't have it the next year. You have to wait a full year till you get it back. So I purposefully pay for a certain amount of tickets every year because I want that status. Yep. The other thing is um, because I do travel so much, or even if I didn't travel a lot, and my travel is actually starting to slow down quite a bit. I know where, for example, remember I said I travel, uh, I want to travel in the most amount of comfort for the least amount of pay. Okay. When I say most amount of comfort, I want to travel through airports where I can go into the lounge where they have showers and stuff like that. So London, relative to the Mileage Plus family that United is a part of, I can get to showers in London. I can get to showers in Frankfurt. I can get to showers in Turkey, in Istanbul. Between those three connection points, I am everywhere else in the world. The funny thing is people get so tired and exhausted on planes, they don't realize if they just take a shower at the airport where they arrive, you you just feel like it's another day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I figured yeah, that part out and it has changed everything. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So is it, I imagine that it's a little bit easier for you to travel hack because uh, usually it's just you, right? Sometimes you take like one of your sons with you. Um, but do you know, like, um, anybody who travel hacks, like, you know, for multiple people, like an entire family type of thing? Uh, I do it. It, It's just, it's a bit harder. Um, and I didn't give you the kind of the third prong of travel hacking, which is a friend of mine works for the airline. So Mm -hmm. I can get buddy passes and fly standby on the airline and things of that nature. Like I, to be honest, I kind of built that relationship on purpose, but he's yeah. been my friend for years and years and years. So I have the ability to pay for tickets with a family discount. I can travel on miles the way that we were talking about. I can pay for a full fare. I can, I can travel standby. Like I have so many options, but when it comes to my kids, usually I'm flying them on points. Usually I'll try and keep my points aside for my kids. So when I flew with Noah, when I traveled with Noah this summer to the um, to the Mediterranean, where we were in um, Lebanon and the Mideast, Lebanon mm-hmm. and Cyprus, generally the Mideast, I used all points for him. I had put them aside because I knew we were going to be moving around a lot, right? Mm-hmm. You just have to find ways, um, find ways to do it. Um, the other thing I want to tell you is the major airlines like United or American or what have you, they will fly to hubs, okay? So United will fly from houston let's say to frankfurt germany but from frankfurt let's say if you were going to somewhere in turkey okay Mm -hmm. you can jump on orbits expedia priceline one of those things and it will give you the typical connections that you can go but if you get really smart about it you start to learn regional airlines that will never show up on those major websites so turkey has sunrise sunrise I think it's Sunrise. Sunrise Airlines. They also have Pegasus Airlines. They Those will never show up on um, orbits ever. How did you find those? How, like, how do you find, if those don't show up, how would you, you know? You got to go to their websites. I mean, over time, I started to pay attention. When I was at major airports around the world, mm-hmm. I would look out the window and see who was there. Mm-hmm. 
right? Okay. So for example, from Germany, there's this weird airline called Han Systems, H-A-H-N. It's this contracted, I don't know what they are. I, I still can't quite figure it out, but they, they fly like three legs a week from Germany to Cyprus. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. And it's like 80 bucks. Meanwhile, if I, you know, if I fly Cyprus Air or Aegean Airlines or 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 Lufthansa, the major German airline down to Cyprus, that might be 800 bucks. If I fly on a Han Air, it might be $100 because nobody knows them. Okay. So you have to, you just got to start doing research and over time, that's why I say travel hacking is not a skill. It's an art form. Yeah. So it's like you really have to become resourceful and really pay attention and talk to people and depending on where your interests are taking you kind of. That's it. That's it. So on Friday, when I fly back to the Mideast, here's another thing. The major U.S. airlines have seasonal flights. Mm -hmm. So from D.C. to Athens, Greece, which is a nine and a half hour flight going there and 11 and a half coming back. That flight goes uh, March to October every year. It's seasonal. It will shut down probably in the next two weeks, I think. But they have they're they're flying on Thursday night into Friday. Mm -hmm. I told you I got it for forty thousand points, which is very cheap. Yeah. And I will fly one of the regional airlines either to Cyprus or to Beirut or wherever I'm going to go. So the the mileage ticket is like 50 bucks tax. So I'm flying to Athens for $50. And then I'll pay maybe $150 for the regional ticket for wherever I'm going to go. And then I'll get a rental car probably for 30 bucks a day. Like it, people are like, oh no, it's so expensive to fly to those places. I'm like, yeah, okay. If you, if you think so, you just have to yeah. work. Okay. And so it comes with time. Comes with time, comes with experience, comes with what you care about. Um, and I always recommend to people, don't book a round trip, book two individual one ways because you have max flexibility because mm -hmm. you know things change and you might want to leave on a different day. The other thing I encourage people to do is try not to check a bag. Yeah, I never do. Yeah. I randomly I had to check a bag coming back this past week. It was the first time in like 10 years. And of course the bag got lost, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> but I tend not to check a bag because if I'm on the go and I land in Frankfurt or I land in London and I need to make a change, if the bag is checked, you, it's very difficult to make a change. So just keep everything with you. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I mean, they charge you more anytime, you know, you do. So for us, because it's six of us, we don't check bags, right? Because that's hundreds of dollars if each of, of us check bag. So we fit everything into just like one carry-on and that's what we take, you know, one carry-on and a personal item because right. when there's that many people, it just, it adds up so quickly. So that's one of the things that I want to figure out is how to make, you know, a couple of trips a year without breaking the bank, you know, try to save some on that. Have you ever known anybody that has been able, like, I think I was reading something on LinkedIn the other day about people that have found a way to get points for your mortgage. Like there is like a third party. Yeah, there is a way I looked into it. There is a way to do it. But when I looked into it, maybe 10 years ago, the fees to do it outweighed the value of what you would get for it. 
Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, like, I mean, you, you'd you be getting, you, you you know, almost five 5,000 points a month or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it, it wasn't economical because you were paying fees on top of your mortgage. It just didn't make sense at the time, but I haven't researched it in a long time. Okay. Okay. Um, because that was, yeah, I had seen it and I thought, oh, let me research it, you know, but I've never heard of anybody doing it. So I didn't think it was really, you know, feasible or that. Never, made- no, I mean, it was, a, it was a decade ago for me. I, I probably should look into it with the amount of mortgages that I pay, but uh, business expense, what like, on my single family portfolio this year, over the summer, I had to replace seven HVAC units, which was insane. It was almost 50 grand, which equated to about $100,000 worth of points. Like I, I'm I'm getting enough points to be able to move around the world the way that I want to. That you want to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I will look into, you know, I don't have a lot of credit cards. You know, I think I have three of them. So I'm, but none of them are specifically for points. I've never used them in that way. So I think that what I will probably do is find, like you said, two cards that I can use just for everything. And I, but I will probably will have to wait until I purchase my first home, right? Because of the credit, you know, sometimes it suffers if you shut down credit cards and open up new ones. So I think right. I might be a little bit nervous about doing that prior to, but yeah. maybe after that, I can start, you know, doing that. I'm not sure how much it would hurt you, to be honest. I, I wouldn't shut down the ones you have. Opening one, I don't think it's going to hurt you very much. Um, okay. The two people who have leaned into that whole thing after spending time with me is Vince and um, Vince and Byron. By- Byron talks on the chat every once in a while. But Vince got it right. So when you talk with him, you haven't spoken with him yet. I have. You? Mm-hmm. you have spoken with him. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so he got it right. Like he he picked Costa Rica because there was a direct flight from Charlotte, North Carolina, which was a few hours from his house. Then he's not loyal to United. He's loyal to American because American flies from Charlotte down to Costa Rica. Like it just makes sense for him. Yeah. For United would make the most sense. So you start yeah. being loyal to United. Byron is loyal to United because he's based out of D.C. They only have like five or six credit cards, the United in general. Um, so you can get one of those. I would recommend the club card because it opens the club for you. Um, other people would tell you, and I would, I highly recommend you track down the podcast, all the hacks with, with that, um, host, Chris, Chris Hutchins. Okay. There are certain episodes on that where, I mean, he deep dives how to break the system relative to points. And I give him a lot of credit related to yeah. it. Um, but you are a United person. If you can get two United cards, one personal, one business, everything funnels. You make a certain amount of points per month or every six months, then you're taking you, all six of you somewhere. You're picking a location and you're going. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'll listen to, I'll listen to that podcast. Um, just a question that just popped in my head right now. Um, you know how the plan is that I will start buying, you know, a home like every three to four months. Yeah. Um, how do you work around, like, you know, eventually they will stop lending me, right? Because my income to debt ratio is going to become higher and higher, the more mortgages, right? So is there a way to get around that or at that point you have to kind of stop and concentrate on paying properties off 
or do you use the rental in each property becomes also income and they also, you know, look at that? Like how, how does that work? It's been a while for me on the single family side, but, uh, but I think it's generally still the same, which is lenders will take the rental income off, off your rental property mm -hmm. and they will give you credit for 75% of that income. Okay. So your debt to income ratio, your income is going to rise because you're going to have a tenant that's paying, but the lender will allow you to take 75% of that income. So long story short, when I started, I think I got up to like 10 properties and uh -huh. my debt to income ratio was fine. Because, really? yeah, yeah, because the rents were high enough that it was taking care of it. There, There is this magical number though of 10 properties that once you get past 10, you're moving into a different realm. And I don't remember why it's been too long for me to remember why that's one of the things that you can do. Mari is when you get a mortgage broker, ask them the question, what are the magic numbers? You know, like uh, I'll get credit for 75% of the more 75% of the income on my rental properties. And then after owning 10 rental properties, what happens? There, there's something that happens that I cannot recall what it is, or at least back then, but I'm not okay. totally sure is now okay so maybe they classify you differently or something like that okay I, I think so i think so but i got up to i mean in the height of it i got up to 35 single family homes on my own credit it was a lot it was a lot now back then from 2000 to 2008 you could do things like no doc loans and 5% loans on investment property and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's this arbitrary uh, debt to income ratio. You're not going to be able to do anything point. That doesn't strike me, but you got to ask loan brokers the question. I don't know what the up-to-date stuff is on it. Okay. But I shouldn't be too worried about that then. No, I, no, because you're, you're very far away from 10 properties, but I mean, I think it's good to just ask the question so you you know upfront going forward. Yeah. Okay. So at the point that you got to where you had thirty five properties, um, I know that you sold some to pay others off. Yeah. Uh, but what made you get rid of so many? Was it because you just started investing in other things? What made me whittle down to like eighteen? Yeah. Oh, just I had an equity in a lot of them. Okay, so just paying down everything else. Pretty much. Yeah, there was there was the part of me that had ego that wanted to maintain those 35 properties to be able to be like, I got 35 properties. I'm really cool. Right. Yeah. And there was the other part of me, which I'm very happy about, which was like. You have 35 properties, but like 10 of these have a lot of equity in them. If you sell these and just pay the taxes, you can pay off all these other ones with with the equity plus your salary. And yeah. I just did that. And the reason I did that, and I think I just posted about this yesterday or the day before, was because a broker told me, she's like, if you pay off all these properties, you're going to have a salary and then you don't have to go to work. And that stuck with me. I, I never forgot what this woman, this amazing woman told me. And I did it. And that was like, I started doing that in 2012, like paying stuff off. Uh huh. And 2014 showed up. And at the end of the year, I'm like, oh my God, I have 18 paid off homes. I was stunned by it, stunned. Oh. 
And when checks would come, you know what really got me? And this is where I want you to get as well. Um, I was still working for Accenture. And I had not looked at my Accenture bank account in six months. So you would just let your checks accumulate? I, yeah, because rent, rental income was paying my life. And I forgot that I was getting paid by Accenture. So <laughs> it was good. Yeah, I mean, that must be an amazing feeling. I just can't even, I just can't even wait. I think the hardest part is waiting, right? <laughs> waiting and what do I do while I wait, <laughs> you know? Well, it, 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 it was and still is in a way a surreal feeling. Yeah. Right? Like I'm, to be honest, and I like being transparent with you guys, I'm actually retooling my finances a bit again. I think I've extend, overextended myself a bit, a little bit with travel, a little bit with yeah. different ventures and things of that nature. So I've started to clamp down on my expenses in a big way. Yeah. Um, and as soon as I did that and my income started coming in again, I started to realize, oh, I don't have to pay attention to my income really because now that I don't have a lot of expenses again, I'm generally okay. Because I don't buy a lot. Like I'm not a flamboyant. I still buy my... I still have my 05 infinity, although I, it it's getting there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you do get to a point where your passive income starts taking care of everything. You're like, holy shit. Like I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Not to yeah. mention it was real estate, but I also have pensions from the military pensions from the police department. Right. So you have a lot of different income streams coming in. Yes, yeah. which is what I encourage people. And I don't care if the income stream is 50 bucks a year, $5,000 a year, $5,000 a month. Different income streams is what protects us from the employer saying, we don't need you anymore. Right. And you know, one thing that I have been thinking about, just thinking about like, you know, setting aside money, like everything that is not already going to be going into like, you know, my perfect day and these set of properties. Yeah. Um, I want to start putting it aside for, I listened to another podcast of yours with this lady and I'm just not good with names. So I cannot remember her name, but she was talking about franchises. Okay. Um, yeah. So she was yeah. talking about franchises. And one of the things for me is like, you know, even when I have enough passive income to, um, to pay my bills, I'm still young. I don't, I don't see myself retiring in five years. Right. I just see myself shifting into something that is no longer, you know, because of money, but more something that I would enjoy and that I can see myself doing for, I don't know, the next 10 years after that. Right. I don't know. Oh. So one thing that I was thinking is, you know, how amazing would it be to talk to somebody like her and decide what it is that I actually would enjoy doing that, you know, and kind of start putting money her. aside for that. You should talk with her. Now, I love this topic. You just really got my brain going on something. The newsletter I'm going to write, the next newsletter I'm going to write is going mm -hmm. to be about lifestyle businesses. Yeah. People undervalue them a lot. So when I say lifestyle business, in the context of Maurice's life, I, I am interested in once Noah, my youngest, finishes mm -hmm. with high school or gets close to finishing with high school. He's too young now. He needs me around. Yeah. But let's say he's 15, 16, 17. I don't have to be around every day, but he will still need me around, you know? Yeah. Um, but once that's done, I would like to be running an, um, a small bed and breakfast, I believe. Small bed and breakfast or a small coffee shop or something in a small town in the Mediterranean somewhere. Not to make a ton of money, but to interact with the community, 
keep my brain firing, make a little bit of money here and there and provide a product or service that the community really responds to. So it's, it's lifestyle business. So I've been researching lifestyle businesses. And when I was in Lebanon, uh, not the last time, I think two times ago, I met someone who has this amazing Airbnb. He walked me through. I took this four minute video. I asked him questions and I'm going to post it in our, in the newsletter. Yeah. The great thing about Kim Daly, she helps people like you and me plug into potential opportunities that are not about making a million dollars a year. Exactly. They're making 200 grand a year, 300 grand a year. So and that's all I need. Yes. <laughs> People don't see the value of the lifestyle business. And I want to awaken people to that, to that value. And it sounds like you're thinking about it a little bit. Uh, definitely, because I think that when it becomes optional, I'll continue working. But I don't think that I'll be in corporate America like this. So if I could already be setting aside a little bit of funds, you know, that is not going to because my priority is getting to the set of properties, right, getting to this passive income. But I think I have a little bit extra that I can, if I'm disciplined, I can put, you know, aside, you know, yeah. um, and it's figuring out what, what is that? You know, what could that like? I like how you said that it's a lifestyle business, right? Like what kind of franchise can I purchase that is going to give me that lifestyle that I want, you know? Um, and it's not necessarily about making a million dollars a year. It's just to keep, me going to have something to do to, you know, um, to throw fuel in the fire kind of thing. It's living. It's living. Yeah. And I'll give you one more example. I'll give you one more example. I, I talked about the bed and breakfast, maybe four or five room bed and breakfast somewhere or the coffee shop. Um, my long-term, long-time best friend, Melissa, who I've known since I was 15, she moved to Maryland because I, because I was here. So we've been friends now um 33 years which is insane um and our kids are exact our kids were born one week apart which is really cool yeah she worked for a major financial institution for 20 plus years mm -hmm. um and when she left she started to recognize we were talking and she wanted a lifestyle business as well so when you get a chance look up the business sunday pc s-u-n-d-a-e as in ice cream sunday sundaypc.com so she started a small computer company to rival not to rival laptops it's just that not everybody wants a laptop some people need something extremely compact and powerful but they don't want it to you know they need it to be portable but they don't want to use a laptop so she just found a niche and decided to go for a niche inside of a niche started a lifestyle business and now it makes I don't know. She hasn't really told me five, six figures. It's going to take some time to, you know, roll up, but they just released and they have a bunch of sales already. And it was just, she's not doing it to be a millionaire. Yeah. Doing it because our phase in life, she wants to generate some revenue, provide a service to people, keep her brain active, yes. but not, not be overly busy. And I'm like, people don't see the value of the lifestyle business. It's, it's a wonderful component that people can employ. It really, really is, you know, yeah. so um, I, I think, you know, again, Kim really got me thinking about that. Like, of course, like this is perfect. Like somebody like because starting a business from scratch, 
it's overwhelming. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of time. It's a lot more stressful than when it, than when somebody gives you a blueprint, right? And that's kind of what franchises are. You yep. know, it's kind of like, you know, you and I have worked on this blueprint, right? That I feel a lot more confident now, like thinking, okay, yes, I can make this happen. Like somebody else has done it before me. This is how you do it. You know, it's the same thing with a franchise. Like they've already proven, you know, that, they, that, that their business model works, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, exactly. it's like having a team around you. Um, and then there's so many of them, like she said, there's so many different kinds that you can definitely find one that fits your lifestyle and what you want your lifestyle to be. That's it. So- and I don't think, um, I said in that podcast interview that I, as an entrepreneur, I would never think as a franchise entrepreneurially, but where she really educated me was, no, it yeah. actually is. It's just that entrepreneurially you're plugging into a system that you can leverage and you have a team. Thanks. Whether it's a Subway or a McDonald's or a salad place or whatever, you can utilize it for what you want for, which is what we're talking about. You can utilize it to design your lifestyle. And you can, Kim, Kim is great because she acts as a consultant to find you the business that supports the lifestyle that you want. Yes. That's why I think it's worth talking to her. And if you do, please tell her that you found her through I, I will. I will. I, no, I've been thinking <laughs> about setting up a, a call with her to really just like also know, like, I think right now I just want to plan. Like, I feel like yeah. at this age yeah. it's important for me to start planning and know exactly where I'm going. I think I read a quote yesterday that said like something about being happy with where you are yeah. and excited about where you're going. Right. And yeah. and I think just knowing like where I'm going and like it's starting the foundation now because five years can go very, very quickly, you know? Hopefully five years will come around and I'll be there and I'll be like, okay, what's the next step now? I mean, you make me so happy. I love the way you're thinking. I just want to give you reflection on some of the stuff you said today. Okay. One, your mindset is starting to, starting to, if not has shifted from this employer is my destination to this employer is purposeful to my destination. That's the first thing. The second thing is, hey, let's talk travel hacking so I can get my family to places where they can plug into the earth and planet as intended. Holy shit. Third, you're now you're talking about lifestyle businesses where you can leverage some of the money that you're storing relative to our financial blueprints, right? Money that you're storing to invest in a, because the business is an asset just as much as the real estate is an asset, right? Yes. What if you buy five pieces of real estate over the next three years for, or two year, two, three years, and then the last thing you buy is a lifestyle business. That way you and your husband can unplug. You're still making the 100, 200, 300 grand. And now you have five pieces of real estate, plus your primary residence, plus a lifestyle business, plus you know how to travel hack, plus your kids are older. Oh and you- gosh, that sounds so exciting. But this is what designed life is about. Yes, yes. Getting creative, getting creative and using all the resources that are available to you. And what is so beautiful about your ongoing journey is none of it is about money. Yeah, yeah. Money is a resource. Yes. And that in itself is so freeing, right? Um, It really, really is because now instead of like my focus used to be, how am I going to get the next promotion? How am I going to like make more money? Like, how am I going to like, and I just always thought that that was how I was going to get to where I was trying to go. And that's how I was going to build a legacy. And that's how I was going to build the foundation, you know, for my family, my kids. And now I see that it's not the only way. Like I've already done what I need to do. My W2 is a means to an end. 
I have the paycheck I want now. So now how do I design a life for myself and my family around it? Right. And so it's so freeing to not be thinking about that anymore, to not be thinking about the next, like who cares about the next promotion? Like I'm not even looking for it. So, so if, if it was to happen, you know, I would maybe see what the offer is, but it's not like something I'm out there looking and striving for. It's not what drives my every thought anymore. Um, and that is so free and it's so much more exciting to instead take my paycheck to plan this life that I could be so excited about, you know, um, it, it's, it's really, really wonderful. And, and I think, you know, it's just, I had never thought I would guess about this, how I want to design my life. You are yeah. now. Definitely. Are now. And you know, if you go back to the tri-life on principle sheet, you no longer adhere to the first principle, which is using status quo as a default language. You don't. Right. Right. Everybody in our circles or out of formal education or a majority of the people on LinkedIn or social media or what have you will tell you for everything that you just said, we'll be like, no, just like you, you work for an awesome company. You're, you're doing great. And you're a great mom and you're a matriarch. And what you just said to yourself was, eh, status quo is a default language. And I don't really speak that language anymore. Yeah. What, what ends up occurring over time, and I, you probably sense it in me, is that we start to get unapologetic of who we are and how we think. I just don't give a shit about status quo. I'm not interested. And I, I think a majority of the people out there would not be interested either. It's just very difficult for them to build mindset. But when you and I are spending time like this and we talk to the other people in the chat group about this type of stuff, or we listen to the podcast, or we find other like-minded people out there in the land, and yeah. you start to realize, no, there's a lot of people who are not interested in status quo and they're just not doing it. And you're one of them. Exactly. And, and and it even shifts what I want, like for my kids, you know, and like how I guide them. And sometimes I'm like, OK, am I like changing a little too much? It used to be that, you know, of course, I always told them, like, you know, a college is not an option. Like you have yeah. to go to college. You have to get a degree because that's how you're going to get a job that's going to be able to afford you to make these kind of choices. Right. Um, more easier, but I always, you know, told my kids that I wanted them to go back to school for a master's degree. Like my son just graduated with a finance degree. You know, I told him to go to work for three years and then go back and get your MBA. And now I just kind of feel like, does he really need to go back and get his MBA and spend $80,000 <laughs> on an MBA? Is yeah. it really necessary? He could start purchasing properties with that. He could like, I just... I want him to understand like how powerful it is to be able to just start to design, you know, life. That you want um, and that, you know, if he can just use his his bachelor's to just get himself um, into a position where he's making enough money that he could start to funnel it the right way, then maybe he doesn't need to go back to school and, and you know, spend, you know, 80000 on an MBA or, you know, so it just kind of like it, it's gotten a lot of things just kind of has me thinking, you oh, know, a oh. lot differently and than I used to think. Suggestions for your son. If he listens to the episode with Cole Hayden, mm -hmm. Cole is going into college now. Sorry, Cole just graduated from University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. I think he works for Amazon or Google. I can't remember. But he's very particular now about leveraging that work experience to build the lifestyle that he wants. So I think that would be a good episode for him. But yeah. one of the other things you might want to do for your son is have him listen to this particular conversation. 
this one, yeah. and then take all the conversations that we've had, download them, use them as a course for him. And for every session, right? For every 45 minute session, just have the chat. What did you think about that? What did, Because he's effectively able to design his life from the beginning, if he wants. Yes, yes. Yeah. Use, use all these tools that you've paid for to, to, to benefit. I don't have a problem with college. I have a problem with college being a default. Right. That's right. my issue with it. Because we need doctors. We need lawyers. We need musicians in certain cases. Yeah, I don't, but, yeah but someone going to school just to get an English degree for the sake of it, I don't want them to be $65,000 in debt. Yeah. Military paid for my schooling, so I'm I'm fine. And military paid for both of my kids' schooling, so they're fine. But I've told my youngest son, who's only 10, but we do talk about college, like when you go to school, I'm not paying for it. You 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 have to <laughs> you're either going to go in-state tuition Maryland where where we're based uh or get a scholarship because it's unnecessary for success. I don't see it that way anymore. Um, but the cherry on top is understanding how to design your life. And you now have, I don't know, 10, 12 recordings that you can use with your son to have these wonderful conversations about, okay, baby, how are we going to design your life? What is it you want to do? What is the dream day for you right now? And he's so young that that dream day is going to evolve over time. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and again and again. But whew, if you and I knew what we know now, at I know. It's so insane, right? If yeah. We, yeah, yeah, no, it is. And, and I think they don't understand how far ahead they are of us because like we already like are establishing this foundation for them. Like, yep. you know, that yep. nobody gave us, you know, like we've already done a lot of the legwork, you know, and now it's really just up to them to embrace it and, and to, you know, to understand that, like we know what we're talking about and, you know, to hopefully listen. I love it. Yeah. Well, you're in a great position. Just stay on it. I love the way you're thinking. I also love the fact that you're bringing these questions to the table, whether it's travel hacking or the real estate stuff or the business stuff. Remember, uh, it's all good and like it makes sense to figure out the what, but at some point switch to the who. And yeah. one of the who's that you suggested is Kim Daly. And I agree with you. So put it, put Kim's name on your lifestyle blueprint, reach out to her and ask her the question about lifestyle businesses. She's probably going to pop out 10, 20, and you can think about it and put it on your blueprint of like, okay, when the time comes, these are the 13 businesses that I'm going to look into. And then I'm going to check in again with Kim to see if there's anything else I should consider. And then you and your family will have this awesome schedule about what you're going to do to support yourself and to live as intended. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> will do. Uh, so Maurice, I think that what I want to do is that, you know, I only I know I only have a few sessions left with you. Yep. And I know yep. that I will be ready to start purchasing properties probably in December. Okay. Um, so I think I would really want to hold off on having those sessions until I'm closer to to then because I think a lot will happen between now and then I will hopefully find a broker I will just like I think I'm gonna have a lot more questions and I would really enjoy do, going through that process I think you know feeling like I can bounce ideas off of you and stuff like that my pleasure so I, I will hold off so I'll cancel them now actually I will put one on the schedule three four weeks from now and if okay. that one doesn't make sense and you tell me it doesn't make sense, but I at least want to have it there. So it at least forces us to get in touch with each other. Yes. Yes. And then let's go from there. Okay. Sounds perfect. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Talk to have you. a great one. Bye. All right. Stay in touch. 
Hey guys, this is Maurice, host of the Try Life On Podcast, and thank you for listening to another episode. I hope you are finding it useful in helping you design your own lifestyle that you don't need a vacation from. If that's the case, please consider dropping a review for me, whether in Apple, iTunes, or in Spotify. Drop a review, put some stars on it. Give me some feedback on how I can make the podcast better, what information you are looking for. I am doing my best to get information to you on the Try Life on Principles, the five freedoms, how to build lifestyle, travel hacking, all of it. And I want to do it for you. So please do a review for me. And until next time, my name is Maurice Philogene, and this is the Try Life on Podcast. Peace.